What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me Who Miss Hollywood. You're tuning in yet another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Is it me or is it? Uh, is it me or is it? H-O-double. So Hollywood. Yeah. So Hollywood. Uh, so Hollywood. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hollywood lights. Uh huh. 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 You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Is it me or is it hot in here? What up, everybody on Instagram live? Um, as you guys know, and if you do not know, I am your girl Marquita, but they like to call me Miss Hollywood. <laughs> You're tuned into yet another, 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 another episode of So Hollywood the Podcast. You know, um today is a wonderful day. Uh today is actually my father's birthday. He um he passed away about eight years ago and um yeah, and it's also my brother's birthday, so I want to begin the uh, episode to them. Shout out to my brother, shout out to my dad, we miss you, rest in peace. Um, so Hollywood the Podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally, and I bring them together with this thing called entertainment. I'm for the culture, everybody that I come up here is for the culture, or influenced by the culture, or entertainment is in their life. So... Um, last episode, I had Jinx and Childs, their Virginia representers, their rapping duo with a very unique sound. Follow them, J-E-N-K-S 757 at Childs, C-H-I-L-D-Z. Um, and you can find that on Instagram. Uh, catch the latest episode of So Hollywood Podcast on all of your digital platforms. I just opened and uh, uploaded all of the audio. So uh, please, y'all, I'm a one-woman show, and I'm doing this thing, and I'm interviewing, and I'm doing this, and I'm pulling from here and there, and everything is working in my favor, thank goodness. Because uh, we have a dope, a dope. When I say dope, I mean dope as in, like, cook it up and I was like <laughs> like that dope I have a dope individual here today uh, I want to give him his flowers he is in the building give me just a second uh, if you want to be a guest go to www.allofhollywood.biz and um oh man it's about to be lit hold on y'all we about to hold on give me a second hold on let me make sure my audio is together yes all right, we back in here. Like a matter of fact, I'm sorry about that, guys. Technical difficulties. Instagram is disrespectful. So we, without further ado, my guest today, he is in the building. His name, I'm not going to tell you his name yet. Uh, he is one third of the legendary group UTFO, formerly UFO, 
Untouchable Force Organization. He is an honorary core DJ. Shout out to the core DJ. If y'all don't know about the core DJ, y'all missing out. Uh, he is the uh, CEO of Ice Cold Productions, Ice Cold Enterprises, and he's currently resides in yes, in Columbus, Ohio. So, without further ado, I want to bring up my guest today, Maurice Bailey, a.k.a. DJ Mix Master Ice! <laughs> <laughs> He'll be up here in just a second. Oh, my goodness. You guys, you, don't, you guys don't understand how legendary this is for me and a uh, long time coming. How are you doing today, sir? I can't hear. Oh, there you go. Can you? I can hear you. Can you okay. Hear me? Yep. My, you know, it's, I had your uh, volume turned down, so don't don't. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I can hear you now. Oh my god. Am I projecting good? You are. You definitely are. How are How are you doing today? Everything is great. It's a pleasure to be here. Haven't seen you in forever. I know. People would be like, "Oh my god, you know him." I do and do. <laughs> So, so congratulations to you and your flowers well for your grind and what you're doing out here. You know? Thank you. Thank you so much. It has been a long time coming. This is something that has been in the works for years. I've been building up experiences just for this moment here. And you, we crossed paths at the Core DJ Retreat one year, and we were just like, it, you know, we, we contacted each other via social media and so on and so forth. So we've been keeping in contact. But people don't understand how humble most of the artists these days are. And you by far are like the most humblest <laughs> of them all. So, um, dang, it's just, this is the mind boggling. This is the, like almost, a, this is the third legendary inter- interview that I've done. I did crazy bone. I did Mr. Servon and you are the third one, Mr. It's a pleasure to be here. You reaching out. You're making it happen, you know? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So um, we're going to get into this. Um, So let's start off with uh, how did this thing called entertainment enter your life? Um, uh, being, being raised in Brooklyn, New York, East Flatbush in particular, um, just being around the whole team. My mom and dad, especially my dad, played a lot of music in the house. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of records all over the place. So I grew up. You know, from a young youth, getting energized with what would what would become later on as my musical journey, right. not realizing how the dots are going to be connected. But as a youth, we would hear all this stuff in the house, all the soul seventy records, all the stuff that came out in the sixties. You know, so I grew up with all of that stuff. Fast forward all the way to my eighth grade prom, which was in nineteen seventy nine. Okay. Um, they had a uh, a DJ, and I didn't. We didn't call them MCs at the time. I didn't know what they called them at the time. I was young, about 13, 14. Right. They had these guys on the microphone, and they had a DJ playing music right. at, at our prom. And I'm just, you know, sucking it all in, checking this out with the lights and the music, and they're playing all the stuff that you hear on the radio. Dope vibes, hip hop. Now at the same time, rappers delight is being played on the Ooh. radio. Tim the third by the fat back band is being played on the radio. So what had what was the, the early hip hop that had been developed from the street level, right? From the 
Jake playing in the park and the MCs on the mic. Now it's getting commercialized. You're hearing it on the radio. So right. This thing is the new wave. What is it? Oh, it's called hip hop. Oh man, I want to be. I want to be down. What? What is hip hop? Right. Well, hip hop. Uh, you have graffiti. You have break dancing, beatboxing, DJing, yeah. rapping, yeah. or MCing. And, and 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 the whole knowledge of all of that. And a qu- quick question: Was a lot of that yep. underground as well? Because because as you said, you were we were just you were, the the culture was just now becoming commercialized. So at that time, it was considered like underground, and it was it was what I guess I don't know I don't know how to put it, but I guess underground was it considered underground at that time? Well, well, the, the founding fathers, the pioneers of the culture, had laid the brick. Right. They have laid foundation right. for the building to grow. Right. So, you know, what they have sprinkled out there was growing, growing, growing since 74, 75. Right. Okay. Okay. So by 79, now they're recording hip hop records. Okay. Where, where, where prior to that, it was homegrown. Okay. Turntable, repeating that groove or what we call the break of the, of the record, that right. groove. Repeating that groove so that the breakdancers can do their thing and so that people can get on a mic and rap or party rock. Okay. You know, to energize the crowd. Okay. So in 79, now you're hearing it on radio. What is this thing? Oh, it's called hip hop. Oh, how can I be down? What can I do? How can I add my two cents to the coach? Right. Couldn't break dance. Try that. That wasn't. <laughs> I'm not autistic enough for the graffiti. I tried that. That didn't work. So I have no equipment. I, I try to mess around on my daddy's stuff. He ain't having it. Get off my record. See my right, stuff right. Oh, you know, I'm a break. Because scratching, because so- scratching vinyls at that time was a big yeah. deal. Like yeah. for 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 DJs and or households that just had vinyls to play. Because once yeah. you once you scratch that vinyl, it it ain't no. <laughs> you get a lot of trouble. You know, they don't want it. My pops and moms and them don't. They don't know what hip hop is. They don't care about that. They just want to hear their record play without being without the record scratching or getting messed up. So you get a little. So my era, we got in a lot of trouble messing with our parents' music. I'm, me too. Believe it or not, I'm I'm an '80s baby. I was born in '83, okay. so I know that side of the vinyls yeah. going from cassette tape. I mean vinyls, cassette tape, CDs. So I was in that uh, that era as well. So that was right. in a crazy situation. But keep going. Go ahead. Now I add to that. Prior to that, because you, you're a little younger than me, but prior to that was the eight track tape. Right. Yep. 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 You yes, track I do. I do. Technology has came a long way to where it is now digitally. Yes. So back to the back to your uh, question. Um, so in the eighth grade. You know, I'm seeing this thing. I'm like, I want to be in it. I'm hearing it on the radio. I want to be involved. So didn't have any money, didn't have no equipment. So my inception into hip-hop was rapping. I started off first rapping. Okay, that was my question. That was my next question. Okay, go ahead. Started off rapping. (laughs) And, um, you know, writing rhymes and just trying to get involved that way. Don't cost no money to do that. Right. You know what I mean? You got to know how to rhyme at the end of your sentence. Right, right. (laughs) You know? So... (laughs) That's um, how I started off. I started off um, actually writing rhymes. Okay. And, and messing with the microphone, the pop, which was 79, 80. Okay. And later, the later part of 80 is when um, I started getting involved with the 
DJ aspect of the coaching. Okay, okay, because that's what my timeline says as well. And so how soon after was um, the group um, put together? And what were you doing in between that time? Were you still rapping and DJing, or were you just just uh, specifically working on the DJ portion of your career? Okay, so prior to to the creation of UTFO, yes. Um, I used to be in a DJ group okay. called the Cadillac Crew. Right, right, right. One of my partners from UTFO, the educated rapper, yep. but at that time, his name was Special J, because his name is Jeff. Okay. So Special, Special J and myself and a couple of other DJs, we had a, um, a DJ crew. Right, okay. The DJ crew, myself, and the educated rapper, would be on the microphone. Okay. Take okay. Turn, you know, writing rap, fan rap, or just party rock, just keeping the crowd hype. Right. So I was doing both okay. by 1980. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Fast forward a couple of years after that, 82, 83 ish, is the foundation and forming of UTFO. That was when I was born. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, That's crazy. so how that came into play was um, the Jamalot crew. We wanted to transition from a DJ crew to a rap group. Oh. And incorporate rappers to what we were doing. Okay. And we had some auditions. And two of our members that are now in UTFO, which was Kango Kid, but at the time his name was Mellow S. Supreme. Mm-hmm. And then his dancing partner was Fred. I don't even know if Fred, he wasn't even rapping yet, if I remember correctly. He wasn't even rapping yet. He was a dancer. They were both great dancers. Okay. But anyway, make a long story short, fast forward. That union of Tango and Dr. Ice and myself and the educated rapper, right. we decided to form a group, and that group was changed to the Untouchable Force organization. Okay. Rappers. So now we are rappers. Now that you're ready. So did y'all and have that conversation prior that. to? Yeah, huh? Did y'all have huh? that, com- did you all have that conversation prior to becoming a group? Or was it like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to bring everybody together. Was it one person that brought everybody together? Or was it just like. No, no, we just having an audition. Okay. And um, at the conclusion of, of, of the audition, I remember the Jamalot crew having a meeting. Okay. An educated rapper in particular was very fond of Kango. Oh, okay. And, and you know, through that whole transact, transact, transition, right. we ended up forming a new group. Gotcha. So at that point, now I'm falling back as an, as an MC and focusing on DJing, which I was already heavily focused on DJing. But now the educated rapper, he's rapping. He's not DJing anymore. Okay. He's going hardcore rap. Right. Tango is already a rapper. Right. Dr. starts and becomes a rapper. Okay. So now I'm the group DJ. That's crazy. I'm just strictly DJing that. So in a sense, you 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 recognize you all recognize how to play your position at an early time. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And how uh, important how important is that? How because some of these artists nowadays don't know or understand that like you you have to play a, a position until you know you find the correct one that you need to be in so how important to you is that because it seems like it's very important it, it's extremely important in the development of, of 
moving forward on how you want to be represented. You gotcha. know, we at this time we're not thinking about making records from being and, and I mean we're just engulfing the culture. We just we're doing hip hop. Right. We were battle groups. So we would battle other groups. Right. You know, I was a battle DJ. Um that my MCs were battle MCs. Right. So that was very big in the culture back then, being braggadocious and having battle rap. Have a, yeah, okay. Boasting and having, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, being, yeah. But, but it's very important that everybody understands their lane mm-hmm. and goes hard in their lane because it it builds up the group. So everybody knew their position. At the end of the day, there was three MCs, yep. one DJ, and two incredible breakdancers. The Dr. incredible breakdancers. They used to breakdance for Houdini prior to us getting a record deal. So they're one of, if I'm not mistaken, they may be the first hip-hop, Houdini may be the first hip-hop group to ever have break dance. What? Within the culture, Houdini actually had break dances in their show and traveling the world. And that was my two partners, Tango and Doc. And this is early, and this is 80, we're going back to 83 now. Right, right. Before we made records in 84, they had already been traveling the world with Houdini. They had won a, they won a dance contest. and um. As a result of that, they got to go on tour with Houdini. Wow. I wonder what that tour was like. <laughs> yeah. Early, early, and early in Houdini's development. This is before UCFO had even made Roxanne Roxanne. What? Yeah. So y'all already had something in the bag and didn't really, like, I mean, you knew it, but it you you didn't really know it, if that makes sense. Well, we, 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 we all knew... We added some dopeness okay. to what we did. And at the same time, hip-hop has grown. We're right. all grown. Okay. But um, power moves are being made in the process. Okay. Okay. Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, and, and Full Force, which was our producers. Shout out managers, to Full Force. from the same neighborhood. East Flatwood, Brooklyn. Okay. So once Kango and Doc started getting established with as the Keystone Dancers, they still had unfinished business with UTF, with UFO. At the time, it was UFO. Because it was a it was a rock a rock group that had that name. And because of copyright reasons, we changed it to UTFO. Okay. But the meaning untouchable force organization. Right. Yeah. So, um, by their exposure on on the road and gaining experience in the business, mm-hmm. we were able to bring some of that back and. You know, once again, when you're in a team, it all helps the whole team. Pretty much gave y'all that 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 foundation that y'all needed to really, you know, be recognized as a group. That's indeed. Mm. Absolutely. So mm. prior to that, but, but we're still we always a group now. We're still a group. Right, right. You just hadn't been recording in the studio yet. Gotcha. You know what I'm gotcha. So um when did you know or um when did you know that that being a rapper, <clears throat> well, I, you already explained that portion, but your your group was going to be big as it was, or as it is, I can't say was, I apologize for that, because that was disrespectful, as it is today. <laughs> uh, um, I would say for me, when I first heard Roxanne, Roxanne on the radio. So, okay, so let's let's stop right there. How was that recording session? Can you walk us through, like, can you 
from the time y'all got there to the time y'all finished it uh, up until it got released? Like, can you give us a little synopsis or, uh, okay. you know what I mean? So, so prior to the, prior to Roxanne Roxanne, UTFO had recorded the first single, which was called Beats and Rhymes. Okay. Beats and Rhymes was our first, first release single. Okay. And we didn't have an album deal yet. We just had a single deal. Okay. And Beats and Rhymes did okay. Right. It did put a dent in the game. It just did okay. But it did get our foot in the door. Right. We were blessed to get another single deal with the record company. They let us do it. We, they did it. They did it. They, they, we did another single. Mm-hmm. And that single, the A side of that single was called Hanging Out. Okay. Okay. The B side of that single was called Roxanne, Roxanne. Oh, them be the ones. The B side. Right. Listen. So, so prior to the second single, we had already, they had already recorded Beats and Rhymes, and that got to put in the door. They gave us another single deal, and now Hanging Out is being, Hanging Out was supposed to be the hit. Right. And then we do Roxanne, Roxanne right. on the B side. And that is what took off. Right. And wow, the B side. The B side. What? Yeah. Do you, do you all understand how how dope that is to have <laughs> like a B? Like, how was that? Pro- like, because I know recording now is way different from when it was before. So how was that recording process for you? Everybody was in the studio. Y'all was writing. Like, how was so, that? So so I'll speak from from, from, from Roxanne's stand, from the Roxanne Roxanne record. Yes, yes. For me. Yes. I got on board on the record the day before the completion. The day the record was done, all it needed was scratched. And I'll be honest, I almost missed that boat. Yes. <laughs> I almost missed that boat. The boat was almost ready to leave the shore, and I was not on it. Oh, shit. God works in mysterious ways. Um, prior to Roxanne Roxanne, myself, right. I was a little bit out of the loop a little bit. Okay. I got in I got in a little bit of trouble, ended up getting arrested, and had to cool myself down and end up getting probation. Make a long story short, end up getting probation. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I knew I had to chill out, hanging out in the street, all that stuff, get finished, get the school thing finished, all of that. Right. So in the midst of me dealing with my issues, the group is they making they making moves with full force. I'm a little unaware of it. Because in the span of maybe a two to four month, two to four month period, they had made a lot of ground since the first single. Oh, had been out of the loop a little bit, so I didn't realize it. Right, right. Days before the completion of Roxanne, Roxanne, I pop up over Kango House, see what was going on, how's everybody doing, and he says, "We're finishing a record tomorrow called Roxanne, Roxanne." Scratches new. Scratches are needed, et cetera, et cetera. And I almost missed that boat. Almost missed. What in the whole world? Yes. So he let me hear the record. He let me hear the record. Let me hear what his ideas was a different thing. Right. And he kept going. He said, hey, listen, man, we didn't, you know, because I'm coming out of nowhere. Right. He's like, 
you know, we didn't know what was going on. You had been out the loop, matter of fact. He said, you know, I've been hanging out with Howie T, which is another legend out of our neighborhood. Okay. Another DJ. Okay. Great all of that. Produced Chub Rock, special label. Anyway, make a long story short, had I not popped up to go to the studio or pop up to Kango House, Howie T would have done scratches on the record. I'm still the group DJ, but because I'm out the loop, another DJ would have added scratches, and that would have been him. I just happened to pop up the day before. So when I go in the studio, I got to nail this. Right. This is my, I got to nail this. This, this is this your spot. What? Yeah, there's no do-overs. The lights is on. You must represent. <laughs> I represent it. I'm right. Oh my! Yes, look at God. And ever yeah. since then, it's just been up from here because that is like I n- I never knew that story, and especially hearing it from all aspects of things. Because you know, you see it and you watch it on on these series, and you watch it. They mention it at other places, but actually hearing it from someone that was there in yes. the flesh. That. And, and- just to add to that, mm-hmm. for me, this is my first time in a recording studio <gasps> doing any of this. So, this is my first time. <laughs> uh, I'm working with E-Fine from Full Force. That's the first time I met Full Force. <laughs> so, but now, Full Force is the group producer. Right, okay. I'm out of the loop a little bit. Right. But I hadn't met Full Force yet, personally. So, I meet him that day. And him, myself, and Kango, we're collaborating. We're coming up with ideas. I'm just letting him hear everything I could possibly do. Right. And we're just putting different patterns that I'm able to do in certain parts of the record. So I can hear, All right, I'm going to do this here, I'm going to do this there, I'm going to do that there. Kango had ideas. I think you should do this here, or do this there. Be fine. How about, and I didn't know measurement, how to add or count bars. Right, right, right. So right. he was very instrumental in telling me, well, can you give me this? You know, this many times, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm learning how that whole process works. In but the pretty, process of record. Wow. Yes. But pretty much how this worked for me, this is back when we were recording on a two-inch tape, right. two-inch reel. Right. That record, if you ever listen to Roxanne, Roxanne, I'm not just scratching on the chorus. I'm scratching throughout the verses and the chorus. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. So now I don't think I, 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 I have to be careful, but I'm pretty sure no other rap record was done like that with that much scratches at that time, <gasps> and, and and many different patterns of scratches were on that record. I did almost everything I could think of possible that my hands knew or had already <laughs> done. It just needed to be sequenced in a certain particular way particular place that's where the producer comes into play right um but 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 um that was my first experience so pretty much to make a long story short he would hit the record button right. and say go right. so those scratches are done in one take i think i did two takes on everybody's verse and he picked the best one two takes so the whole time the educator rapper is rapping i'm just scratching i'm just layering it and so we kept it. Then he said, do that, do that whole thing again. I'll do the whole thing again. He keep the one that's best. Did the same thing on Doc's verse. One or two takes. He kept the one that's best. Same thing on Kango's verse. 
then then we would add different little parts to build the other parts of the song. Right. That was, you know, my participation in what I brought to the table right. on that particular song. But that song was already done when I walked in the studio. Oh, my God. Almost missed out. Fact. Oh, my gosh. Fact. This is the first time hearing this story, and that's crazy. And, and, and the result of the Roxanne Roxanne success, and it, as it's blowing up, now we were granted an album deal. Okay. And that is with, is this with um, Select Records? Is that when you yes. signed to Select Records? Okay. All of the records were with Select. In the, all, all of the Beats and Rhymes was with Select. Okay. And out of Roxanne, Roxanne is with Select. Okay. The first UTFO album is with Select. Okay. So you had three yes. three albums with Select so far. We, we recorded four albums with Select. Four. And greatest hits. And at that time, were there any other artists on Select, and if so, who was who were those artists? They, they, uh, I believe we were their first rap group. <gasps> really? Yeah, because yeah. this is back in '84. Facts. Facts. Ain't too right. many rap groups got deals. <laughs> There's only a handful of us that really got recording deals. Right. You know, at that particular time, right. um, I believe we were Select first. They had some punk rock artists and some, um. Maybe some house music artists, mm-hmm. um, that that sort of vibe or whatever. We were their first um, hip hop group. And speaking of that, um, did you feel like your marketing side of of that record and the um, those singles was it was it portray, portrayed in a good way? And was it pushed by the record label because you were the first? Technically, um, rap rap label, uh, rap artist, um, or rap group. I'm sorry, on the actual uh, record label. I, I believe for that time span, um, they did a good job. And and you know, when you have a record that is hot yeah. and it's being played on the radio and it's in the streets real heavy, um, it take, it's a machine behind itself. It takes off on its own, right? And it's, because it's on doors, and right. you got tours going on, and you got shows, and you got TV shows, and you got interviews, and mm-hmm. you know it becomes you know, and not to mention the, the success of the phenomenon of Roxanne Roxanne with all the different answers that came from that. Uh, Just kept being hot, you yeah. know. Once Chante answered the record, then we come back and answer it with the real Roxanne. <laughs> then there, it just. That's a whole nother situation <laughs> going on now with that record. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I would say the record company did, did a fair job at that particular time. Hip-hop's still new. Right. You know, still trying to figure out what to do with this thing. What is this thing? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, is this music? Is it not music? What is this thing? Right. So it's, it's, we're part of the early soil of that. Ooh, you know, the foundation it's pretty blessed. much. Yeah. Blessed. And um, speaking speaking of like the we're gonna tap in on the um, the CD covers. Who came up with <laughs> the ideas for the CD covers or the the vinyl covers? I'm sorry, it was definitely not CDs. Vinyl covers because I saw the one you had and you were like very prominent in the front. And yeah, you know I mean you had your chest chest all out. You had yeah, you know I mean like y'all was standing there like come and get it. Hello. Okay. So, um, <laughs> of course, in, in, in funk and disco, there's a lot of artists 
also did that way prior to us. <laughs> Guys, he is shirtless. Yes. So I'm going to be honest. We've got some props for that, and we've also caught some hell for that. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Probably 50 50. <laughs> um, that particular album you're talking about is the second album, which yeah. was the He's a Pleaser album. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That particular time, we we calling ourselves keys of pleasers. We, we just watch. Was y'all we feeling y'all self? Y'all, because after the yeah. first one, y'all was like, yeah. "Oh, we got money. Yeah. We've yeah. been on tours. We we you know we seasoned in this thing. So let's give we them what they want." We wilding out. We wilding out. We know how the ladies are hollering at us. We know how to holler while, back while still getting the rep, getting the the benefits of Roxanne. Roxanne. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Things is hot right right around that time. <laughs> so I believe it was I, I'm a, I'm a, I believe it was Kangle's idea to focus on doing the shirt off. <laughs> I think I went with the flow. I don't think Doc wanted to do it, but he was outvoted. Um the educated rapper wasn't with us on that second album. Right. He, um he had to battle some demons that were going on with him. Of course. And he was back with us on the third album. Okay. He had, he had dealing with some drug issues. Right, right, and, right, right, right. Because that was drug, drugs was heavy back in, in the really those heavy. days yeah. as well. And, um, and the drugs were going, if you stick with it, it's going to win. The drugs are going to win. Facts. Facts. And for a period of time, it, it had one with him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, make a long story short, that particular album, he wasn't on that album. That's why it's only three of them. Gotcha. Okay. And he returned on the fourth. On he returned on our third album, which was the Lisa album, which is called "Want to Be with Me." Was the single. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. So I have um one one um question as far as I I saw that you had an interview and you said you mentioned that there was no real blueprint for what y'all were doing and I want to know how so and how do you feel is it different now than it was before and um why do you feel why did you feel that way um because for us we were new to this right now our founding fathers laid uh the blueprint of what they were what they were doing but hip-hop had started to change a little bit because now it's not just in the street. Now it's commercialized a little bit. Right. Um, the early pioneers, their recordings were with bands. Uh. So, you know, when you hear Rapids of Life, King Ten the Third, early Curtis Blow, they are rapping, but there's, they're rapping to what a band had played. Right. A band laced the music. Right. But rapping to the band. We're the next wave of hip hop where we're laying tracks down, drum machines, gotcha. adding scratches. You know, it's, 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 it's a little bit different now, you know, with sampling. You know, we're one of the first hip hop groups to sample. I don't know if we were the first, but I know we're definitely one of the first because in Roxanne, Roxanne, we sampled a rock record yes. called Big Beat by Billy Squire. Mm-hmm. So the, on the educated rapper's verse, his verse, he's rapping over Big Beat, which we sampled, and that was back in '84. And how was how was speaking of sampling? How was that um, for you all? Like, was it more easier to get a sample or clear a sample than it is now, or how 
How was the process for getting a sample? I want to say back in that time frame, it was the wild, wild west. You <laughs> would just, you heard something, you just recorded it, rapped over it, and worried about the problems later. You know what I mean? Because I don't think there was a, a guideline on how that worked. Right, right. But, but because hip-hop came from DJs spinning vinyls, it was an easy progression for samples to come into play. Gotcha. Because we're rapping over those breaks. Gotcha. So now we're starting to put those breaks in hip-hop. Gotcha. In hip-hop recording. Gotcha. We're one of the early ones to do that with sampling Big Beat. Wow. Yeah. So as far as how you went, how the clearing and all that went, I'm not even sure how that went back then because there wasn't a, a real blueprint or guideline yet. Right. Of course. Gotcha. Wait, how crazy. They sampled everything James Brown. Yeah. Damn it. Did. <laughs> and, and I don't think things were getting cleared early in the game. Right. Okay. Okay. They were just doing it. <laughs> to the radar. Yeah, you know, okay. unless the record became a real big billboard hit, you know, they wasn't going to come after you pretty much. Right. These records, but these records still could become big street anthems. You could still blow up from the street level. Of course. You know? Of course. Yeah. That is amazing. And then, so what, what um was the transition after, um, after the group? Cause I know you guys, <clears throat> um, some members had, you guys dismantled or did not, not dismantled. That's a big word. Uh, disbanded. You eventually, uh-huh. um, pretty much left one another and became individuals once again. So how was that transition? And I know I'm skipping around, but yeah. How was that transition for you? Um, you know, we had a very good run. Most rap groups don't get to record five albums. Right. We were the second rap group to record five albums. Right. And we would have been the first rap group to do five albums, but... It was Run DMC. Five records was dragging their feet a little bit. Our fifth, our, our, our fifth album was with Jive Records. Okay. And, so, um, you know, that's a lot of records. At that time for gotcha. hip hop, yeah, yeah, and we had toured, and we started having creative differences. There's a few things that took place. We started having creative differences. Doctor Ice wanted to go solo, oh. which he did. Okay. So during the fourth album, we're going through a, a real fuzzy period because the educated rapper just got back with us on the third album. Right, okay, yep. Doctor to go solo by the fourth. Now we leaving the record company and starting another label. Right. So there's a lot going on. Right. And we're starting with a new label, Jive Records. Dr. Ice contract also was with Jive Records. So now you got the solo guy and UTFO on a new record company, which is Jive Records. Right. So that was a little fuzzy going on at that time. Right. And just, you know, I, I just think personally, creative differences and a lack of unity eventually became the issue of separation and everybody starting to do their own thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, everybody was talented in their own right, in their own field, right. and kept going. Tango had already been producing and taken off in that area, in that arena. Um, Dr. Ice, like I said, he was already, had a, he had a solo deal he was working on. Right. Um, 
fortunate for myself, I was a DJ. Right. And I was a DJ. So throughout the UTFO run, going back as early as 85, promoters would bring me into their cities to DJ and tear it down right. whenever I had complete time. Right. But I had developed a great rapport, I would say, with about 13, 14 different cities. That at, at any downtime, they would bring me in to DJ their skating rink, their, their concert, right. their mansion party, right. whatever it would be. So I was able to keep the DJing aspect going on as well as starting to get involved with producers. Okay. The educated and may I say the late great educated rapper because yes, my brother passed away in 2017 mm-hmm. due to cancer. Mm-hmm. So he's up in heaven holding us down. Yeah. But um he um was also wanting to put a studio together and kind of do his own little thing as well yeah. with rapping and, and um getting involved with producers. So make a long story short, everybody started doing their own little you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And you're still sticking with it, doing DJing, still doing DJ appearances. <laughs> and how did you how did you become a core DJ? Speaking of being a DJ, <clears throat> an honorary yeah. core DJ, because that's where me and you crossed paths and was right. able to, you know, have a conversation and, you know, push forward. Yeah. So how did you even become that? And then also um, we're going to move to your Hall of Fame, the uh, Technique DMC Hall of Fame, and which was okay. in, the, in the in the early years of 2000, 2000, 2000, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's get into the core DJ and then okay. um, so, Hall of Fame. My, 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 my core sister. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Tony Neal, CEO of the Core DJ. Prior to the Core DJ, I don't know if you're familiar. You, you, have you ever heard of the Mix Show Power Summit? I have. I have. Okay. So what the Mix Show Power Summit was, it was a industry extravaganza mm-hmm. of all like of artists, producers, managers, labels, the who's who. Right. Um, it would take place out, mostly outside of America. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got involved with the Mixo Product Summit, probably was around 2003. Okay. And that's the, the, it was in Puerto Rico at that time. Okay. The, uh, it was in like a, a week, it's like, it was like a, a, a seven day, um, the best word I could come to extravaganza. Right. This is just out of this world. <laughs> yeah, make a long story short. And um, it was it was really a place where it was a great give back to the DJ. Right. We can rub elbows with the artist. Yes. We can we can mix and mingle with the artist one on one. Right. And just a closed environment of all the who's who. Right. So if you were lucky enough to get invited, first of all, it's out of the country, so that's the vacation itself. Yes. And Every day there's different showcases, new artist showcases, um, the the legends are there performing. Yep. Top artists with on billboard are there performing. Mm-hmm. And it was a great place to break your music. Yep. And seen and heard. So yep. so at the Mix Show Power Summit, um I, I went probably from two thousand and three all the way to two thousand and six. So Puerto Rico in 03, Puerto Rico in 04, 
I want to say it was the Bahamas in 05. Um, so anyway, it would be at these islands. Right. So um, I want to say in 2005, Tony Neal um, was displeased. He was displeased with some things that were going on with the Mixo Power Summit. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to um, start something different. Very similar, because a lot of elements of the Mixed Joe Power Summit went into the core of development. Course. Yep. Um, but Tony Neal had a, he had a different vision. He had a different mindset that he wanted to approach. So he, I'm one of the, I'm one of the first ones he probably reached out to. I'm pretty sure probably the first legend. What? But um, he reached out to me. He was telling me his vision, and um, I was like, Yo, I'm with it. Count me in. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. And this was back in '05. 05 or 04. I want to say 05. And, um, yeah, you know, the early experiences of, of the core was filled with a lot of DJs that were prior um, development of the Mixto Power Summit. Yes, yes. You know, and the Mixto Power Summit eventually ended up um, disbanding mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and core became the big thing in the industry. Yes. So yes. we were breaking records. It, it it was a you know you know what the core was. Yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> so there was a whole big aspect to the core. But um, shout out to Tony Nail man for his vision with that. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, he reached out to me. I, I understood the vision, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, um, because it was also DJ Scratch. He was there, and um, MC Shan. Um, who is a lot of legend? <clears throat> Even I think, yeah. um, oh my God, his, his, the, the cool, cool D, Herc, I mean, even Herc was there. It was yeah, a lot cool of Herc. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. It was an open door. Pretty, first of all, it was an open door to the legend. Right. It's an open door to the, to the pioneer. Sure. That's, that's question. And there was quite a, quite a bit of legends and pioneers invited mm-hmm. to core retreat. Mm-hmm. And and highlighted at core retreat. Yes. Because as a DJ, we have to give flowers to our legends. We have to give flowers to our pioneers. Yes. For and sure. uh, the core retreat was a great place to honor our legends as well. Right. And they still had yes. the retreats as well because I I did one in Atlanta and um I think they have one coming up in the Carolinas in November if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I want to say uh-huh. first week of November that is the next one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's in um November then. Um so let's push to the um your Hall of Fame. Like how did that even become about? Te- is it's Technique DMC Hall of Fame. Um so talk a little bit of yeah, talk a little bit about that. Okay, so in the year 2000, mm-hmm. um yeah, I was inducted. And prior to that, they would have they would induct different DJs into the Hall of Fame. I believe, don't quote me on this, that may have been the last year they inducted into the DMC. I'm not not really sure. But the DMC is a worldwide uh, DJ um, oh, I don't even, it's, it's the DMC is like at that time, the Grammy to DJ, so they would have battles. Mm-hmm. They would they would crown people with world supremacy. Mm-hmm. 
world would battle each other. So you would have the best from America battling the best from every other country. Right. And then it, it would go all the way down to two people. So one country versus one country, they go heads up, that person wins and that country wins. Right. And that, you know, so, um, they were a big, uh, they were big in, 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 in um, highlighting the DJs and giving props as well. Right. And flowers of the DJ culture. So without, you know, their whole existence was built on the foundation of what we did. Right. So they started giving out, um, um, inducted, inductees. They started having nominations and inducting people in. And I was fortunate and blessed in the year 2000. I want to say myself, Jazzy Jeff, Molly Maul, Molly man, Molly Maul, Shout out to Molly and Maul. Jazzy J. Jazzy J. I know for sure Jazzy J. Jazzy Jeff. I believe Molly Maul, if I'm not mistaken, and myself, and 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 maybe DJ Premier. I want to say Premier might have got inducted with us as well. But definitely those other names for sure. We all got inducted into the DMC Hall of Fame. The technique. DMC Hall of Fame in the year 2000. And then also, um, do you still hold the um, the record of being the second rap group in the history after Run DMC to release five albums? Yeah, we were the second rap group to make five albums. Wow. That's, That's Run DMC was the first. Right. DFO was the second. Wow. I don't know if first or fourth, you know, but we were the second rap group to make five albums. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Release project. Release album from a record company. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'd be careful because you might have somebody somewhere. Right. Oh, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, mixtape. I we released ten mixtapes already, so <laughs> you got to be careful. You say, you say things there. So <laughs> definitely from a commercial standpoint, you know. <laughs> definitely from a commercial standpoint, we were five. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So after the two thousand. <laughs> After the 2000s hit and you got inducted, um, what was your career like leading up until now? Because I know you have a couple of entities that you um, represent, which is Ice Cold Productions and Ice Cold Enterprise, which is a production company and a management company. So, um, so yeah, uh, give a little bit of background of that, and then we can move forward to the companies that you um, that you are okay. involved. Okay, in. well, you know that's. Um, being in, involved in the culture so long, just progressing and growing, right. I started getting production, which I had already been tapping and doing different production on some of our recordings, right. some other people's recordings, um, and um, mentoring a couple of the groups that I had that had came across my path and making the beats and producing and selling beats and different things like that, and also management because of the knowledge I acquired. You know, there was groups that wanted my guidance and my wisdom and mm-hmm. managing them. So I was getting involved with that as well. And um, so I formed my company, Ice Cold Production. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice Cold Enterprise is just the bigger umbrella of it just being an enterprise. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Just expanding. One of the things that um, I'm real big on now is, is mentoring and speaking engagements. Okay. And whenever I can, you know, talk about hip hop in a positive light, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people reach out to me for that. 
And and as of recent, I've really been on a big kick of motivating, motivation, mm. you know, uplifting people. You know, um, on my Instagram page, I do something on Wednesdays called Midweek Motivation. Yep. So I've been tapping in, experimenting with that a little bit, just trying to see how people are feeling about it. I'm about to turn that up in a few notches okay. in, in, in the very near future. But um, it, it, it has taken off pretty well. And it's just a great feeling to be able to give back and just help people. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been blessed a long time. I'm in my 50s. I'm not afraid to say it. I am 56 years young. Uh-oh. And been, been DJing for 41 years. So this is my 41st DJ anniversary. Yes. I was, go- I was literally just about to mention that. I have that on my paper, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. 37 years in the music industry. Whoa. So, you know, be able to, to, to mentor and help people on that level is one thing. And then with people's day-to-day activities, just saying something that can just spark some interest in getting somebody on their good foot or yeah. get their mental right or help with their finances. You know, whatever I can do to motivate, by all means, I would love to do that. If God, if God puts it in me to release it, so be it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just a messenger. But it, it feels good to be able to um, help other people in any aspect. Right. Because you're still you're still growing as a person. You're still growing as a DJ. You're still learning as well. So why not teach others to do the same? So that's amazing that you're continuing this this thing called entertainment, because like I always preach, 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 like everybody has entertainment or some form of entertainment in their life. It's just the way where they want to tap in at, because it's just it's just a lot of a lot of legend in conversation with this with this interview right now like it's just it's amazing for me and, and I hope everybody that is listening and is watching 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 get some jewels from you because um believe it or not you are a legend and you deserve all of your flowers and and even in right. even being able to transition throughout the many different technology um aspects the many different like career aspects and even with the music like you being able to transition throughout the the many different music aspects of hip hop because it's not just hip hop anymore. Like you, we got new school, old school. Like it's so much different genres within the genre. So kudos to you for even lasting and and putting in this work because this is what we need. And this the OGs is is need to come out and speak more and, and be given flowers because I think that's also what some of this this entertainment life is missing is is people to like you said give the blueprint and and give back and reach back and say hey i was there where you were now let me help you type thing so that's even you know you know just to add to that you know i still feel like a student i'm still a student you know i have achieved master status yeah but i'm still a Yeah, I still love hip hop. I still love music. You understand what I'm saying? I still embrace. Um, I'm still in the culture. Yep. You know. Um. You know, I always say, without the old, there can never be the new. Mm. So prior to me, you know, I stand on the soldiers on the on on the shoulders of the pioneers before me. Right. You know what I mean? And and I studied them all. I learned from them all. I embraced them all. All elements of the culture, right. DJing, rapping, breakdancing, graffiti, beatboxing, 
all of that. Hip hop saved a lot of lives. It took a lot of us out of the street. It, it truly took me out of the street and gave me an opportunity. I asked God for one more chance. He gave me one more chance. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I've never looked back. You know what I'm saying? And hip hop has truly blessed and saved a lot of people's lives and a lot of families. Yeah. Um, you know, the creative aspect of it, like I said, we all have that in us. Yeah. That's in us from our ancestors. It's just a matter of what you want to tap in and how you display your skills and your talent. It doesn't necessarily have to even be hip hop. It yeah. can be whatever. Yep. We all have something in us. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So you are 100% correct for that. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, ooh. <laughs> I do have another question um, as far as, I don't know if it's disrespectful to ask a DJ this, but um, do you ever reuse your sets or your mixes? Cause some what do you mean? You say reuse what? Your mixes or your, um, your uh, any of your sets. When you're DJing so a set, is it always something new or is it something that you, you know, used before? I like to read energy a lot of times, so a mm -hmm. lot of time it's from a setting. Okay. But but I have created sets that I've done multiple places. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. something that ain't broke don't fix it. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I got a dope, let's just say sixties music. If I got a dope sixties uh, mix that I know how to do live, mm -hmm. if it went well at the last event that was old school, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> Try to do that same mix again. Because some, some people, I don't know how DJs feel when, you know, outsiders, I guess, so to speak, ask questions like that. Because they be like, no, you know, I don't use no other sets. You know, no. some people feel a certain way. So that's why I said I didn't want to be disrespectful at the beginning. So, yes. No, no, that's, that's a legitimate question. Some, some things are organic and we freestyle. Right. And then some, you may have a set pattern. You might have a playlist that's a Knock them out playlist. Right. You know how to execute these 10 records and you know your transitions. And every time you do these 10 records, you nail it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna keep you gonna keep doing that thing until it don't work no more. <laughs> for, for, for setting that in the proper setting for that playlist. Gotcha. Like gotcha. You can't do you know, if, if I'm DJing a 21 and over event. My 80s playlist may not go over with. Right. Okay. Understood. So now we, we, we was rich on the first two. We tap into some of our new music. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. Right. If, if I'm DJing for a 50 and over crowd, you know, they may not want to hear a 30 minute straight set of all the new stuff. They may be like, all right, uh, <laughs> some of the stuff we grew up on. Right, right. So, you got to know how to match the energy of the audience and the venue that you're playing with. Gotcha. I, I'm there to entertain. So, um, you know, there's, there's two types of DJ entertainers. There's two types of ways the DJ could be booked. You could book that DJ to do exactly what he's known for doing. Right. And at that particular point, it's a show. So you're showcasing and displaying your skills. People came there to see you do you. It's not about what they want to hear. It's about what you play. Right. Then there's times when you're booked to entertain. But but entertain in the aspect of rock the crowd. Gotcha. They want to party. They want to have fun. Right. You got to be able to engage. 
and play the fun records that they know they're able to sing and have fun with. So it just depends on how you're being booked and for what situation. Mm. You know, sometimes the DJ could be booked. They want to see him just do tricks for 30 minutes. Then you might be booked to do an old, you know, rock and old school festival. You know, or they may book you to play house music or reggae music. You got to, you have to also know the crowd that you're about to play for and know how to tap into them and entertain them. So, mm, and you as, know, as a DJ, you have to be able to play. Right, 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 yeah. right. Gotcha. That's crazy. Because y'all hear that DJs, if you're listening out there and you're a DJ, you heard it from a legend himself. So it's okay to, to reuse some things that work for you. As long as it, it's working, you know, keep using it. If I not... mean, at the, end of, <laughs> at the end of the day, there's a hot song right now that everybody's playing. Yeah. You're, you're going to play that same song tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, and the next day, you're going to play that song until that song ain't hot no more. Right. It's the same thing. If you got a set that works, <laughs> we do that. You know what I'm saying? You're not on the radio. You're not on the 5 o'clock mix when you're doing the same mix every day on the radio. Right. Understood. You're in the, you're in the you, you know what I'm saying? If you got something that's hot and they know for, hey, knock that out real quick. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And then, and then, but, I mean, don't wear it out to the point where, you know, you don't have anything else to add. Gotcha. Nothing wrong with listening and then getting into some other stuff and keep expanding. Keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Keep your set fresh. You know what I mean? Of course, you're going to know the ones that work, but keep adding on multiple sets. Be multi-faceted. Yes, indeed. And one one more before we get into um, our um, advice, <clears throat> giving advice, the last advice. Um, do you take requests, and how do you feel about that? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. You know, um, there's, 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 I'll say this. I'll say this. For me, it's all about the vibe and the energy that you came to me with. What people, what some people don't understand is when to talk to a DJ, and it's not their fault. They just don't know. Some people just don't know any better. Right. I'm the type of person that educates them, okay. and I'm very firm about it when I do. Um, if if a DJ is in his hands is on the equipment, he's in a transition. He is in a mix. He's mixing one record to the other. You gotta know not to tap his shoulder and try to get his attention. Cause you can mess him up. You can mess his transition up. That's for starters. So now that DJ is not gonna be very receptive to what you gotta say. So even though you didn't know any better and you were just coming to ask for, you know, for a song, right. he may come very aggressive at you because you didn't rub them the wrong way. Right. If the if a DJ hand is on the equipment and he's doing something, wait till he stops touching the equipment. And then see if you're able to tap his shoulder or give a holler at him. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Some people don't know that. Gotcha. I think they think what we do is effortless. And it's not that big of a deal. No, it's a big deal. We have to see, we have to hear, and we have to use some wisdom in executing some of these transitions. Mm-hmm. Plus, we're making announcements. We're mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. So sight, vocals, 
and hearing, we're using all of those elements and senses as we're mixing and DJing. Right. So if I'm listening to my mix, I can't listen to you talk to me because in my headphones, I'm getting the other record ready. I'm in the middle of a mix and you're tapping me, telling me, can I play something? That ain't going to go over well. So when I get that mix in, I'm going to check you on that because I know you don't know any better. I'm, I'm going to save you from getting, because the next DJ might put hands on you. Big facts. It's <laughs> so big. I'm going to save you and I'm going to tell you, hey, listen, that's not the proper time to do it. <laughs> in the middle of a mix, you know, don't ever do that again to a DJ. Right. And nine, and nine times out of ten, they're not even sober. So <laughs> that's true. Sometimes they're not even in their right state of mind. Now I will say this: it all depends on how you come at me in the setting that I'm in when it comes to requests. Because some people have unfortunate, ridiculous requests <laughs> because they're only thinking about themselves. Right. They 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 feel some type of way. You've been playing a lot of upbeat music. They just broke up with their boyfriend. They want you to so something sad on right Mary now. J. Blige real quick. Yeah. You in a heavy D. You in heavy So change the energy. So I'll tell them. I'll be like, listen, I'll try to get that on a little later on, but right now, mm-hmm. the energy is a little bit different than the song you're requesting. Right. I'm going to add you to my list. We'll try to get you in a little later on. So, you know, that sort of thing. Some people are relentless. They want their song and they want it now. You gotta check them. You gotta check them. I'm, I, I, I'm quick to check you about my profession. You in my space telling me what to do? I gotta check. Have you ever I'm had to fight anybody? Uh, Have you ever had to put them paws on somebody because they was too? I, I, I've actually had to do that before. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's been an occasion or two where somebody wants you to play something and you don't want to play it right then and there. They want to talk mess or <gasps> yeah. It, it has happened. It has happened. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've, I've had I've, I've had an altercation, uh, uh, one or two in my day. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I definitely had to really, really check somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the security is going to really check you and check you right on out the door. Oh shit! Yeah, so I've had, so mm. I've had a couple of. Them, I know. can only That's imagine. Some people are drinking and get a little besides themselves. Right, though. right, of course. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with, with, with defending yourself <laughs> and pretty aggressively restraining somebody. You hear what I said? Yes. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not the instigator. I'm just here working. You violated me. <laughs> I can only imagine it. I could be sitting right there with the yes. paws on. So right. let's get into our. Most people got genuine love for you, of course, and, and come with the proper energy. And you can be, hey, you know, what? I'll try to get that on. Some people have great requests. Damn, why not think of that? It's a great one. Yeah, mm. you know, you're working on. It really depends on how you approach the DJ to start. That's very important. Yeah. Whatever you do, do not get his attention. While he is in a transition or talking on the microphone, <laughs> those are no no. Don't say I didn't tell you. I warned you. <laughs> they like Felicia on Friday. Great. DJs know what I'm talking about. DJs know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Popcorn World said, Have you ever bombed like comedians do? 
bombs like comedians do. Um, no, I wouldn't. No, never bomb. But I will say, not all the time does everything work. Right. Okay. Like, what's going on and it don't work. You gotta, you gotta find a way to get it out. That. Right. Right. So not necessarily bombs, but you know, not sometimes everything doesn't go according to plan. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got technical difficulties. Crowd doesn't know that. They just know something went crazy and went whack. They don't know what happened. Right. You know, you know, so not necessarily bomb, but sometimes it can be technical issues that you have to overcome. Um, sometimes there are situations where you may have played the wrong version. You meant to play something, you played the wrong version of the song. Mm. Oh, I didn't mean to play that one. I got to get that one off and get a new one on. But as a DJ, um, if something's working, you play it. Right. Not working, you get it off. If you got a line dance crowd, you got to play some line dance. If you think you got a line dance crowd and you don't have one and you put one on and it's not working, find a way to get that line dance off. Nobody's doing it. You're halfway through the song, not one person's doing it. That line dance song isn't working. You got to get it off. You got to find a way to get it on off. It ain't working. Nobody's doing it. Mm-hmm. You playing a line dance song and nobody's line dancing, not working. That's not a sit in your chair song. Right. Right. It's a line dance. Get up and participate. Right. If they're not participating, get that off. Go somewhere else with me. Mm. No, you've given us so much good advice. Um, this is our final question. Well, not the final question, but the final interview question. What can you, um, what are, what is some advice that you can give the culture or people that are in this thing called entertainment today? I would say, um, um, follow your dreams. Um, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You know, um, if it's meant for you, it will happen. Mm-hmm. You also have to be prepared. You can miss your blessing if you're not prepared. Sometimes you get one shot at this thing, whatever it may be in life. It don't even necessarily have to be music. Right. But sometimes you get one shot and you only get, you only get one opportunity to make a first impression. Sometimes that could be your one and only shot. You're not prepared. That can cost you tremendously. It could be a long road to recovery. You may not get another shot. Um, Be prepared. Whatever it is you want to do, make sure you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's and you are highly ready for whatever it is, arena you're ready to step in with your passion. Um, I would also say you know, as as a hip hop elder, mm-hmm. I'm still a fan of the culture. I like that. I like. I'm gonna. Well, I'm. I'm about to steal that hip hop elder. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Appreciate that. So so so. Um, I would also say that um, for hip hop, mm-hmm. and this is for my youth. Hip hop is one of the only music that has a very big disconnection from its founding fathers. All the way to new current artists. Mm-hmm. There's many current artists that are not highly familiar with the past of their legends and their pioneers. And I think that disconnection creates a feud. And when the family feuds, nobody wins. But in any other aspects of life, basketball, 
You're going to know your legends that bounce that ball. Yeah. Football, you're going to know your legends yeah. that won them early championships. Yeah. Rock and roll. You know, if you a new rock group, you know the founding fathers that laid the, the foundation for you. Yeah. Jazz artists, you know your legends. Mm. Hip-hop is one of the only competitive, and I'll even call it a sport, one of the competitive sports, competitive music entities, that there's a disconnect. We have to do better with that. Me, my generation, has to do better with that, teaching the youth and accepting their way of doing it. Absolutely. Some of us could be very old-fashioned in our ways and not accepted to to the new culture that they bring in. Mm -hmm. We can't be dinosaurs and expect them to accept that. Right. So we have to embrace the new technology and some of their new culture. Not all of it. Right. Some of that is a hot mess. <clears throat> right. But then it, it was a time when we were doing things that people thought some of the stuff we were doing was a hot mess. Right. At the end of the day, it's all hip hop. It's all culture. So I take the good with the bad and the bad with the good. Um, I like to see a little more balance yeah. from our hip hop youth. But I understand we're dealing in a different time and a different culture right now. And the streets are a little bit different. Yep. You know, when I was growing up, hip hop was in the streets. Now, the streets are in hip hop. Mm. There's a shift, there's a difference there. Okay, with, the, with, the, with the word play, I, look at you. So, so there's different layers on how this thing is approached now. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. But at the end of the day, I like to see a little more balance for my youth. Because the younger youth, younger than you are watching. Yeah. What are we giving our babies? What are we giving our 10-year-olds? What are we really giving them to work with? The images that we're showing them? The music that they're hearing, even on prime time radio. On prime time I was, radio. When I was coming up in the game, we really made legitimate, clean versions. Yeah. Like you had to go in the studio and redo the verse, rewrite the verse, and wow. clean it all the way up. So you had a clean version and you had the dirty version. What do we got now? Barely edit the music. Facts. Facts. Cause I was like, did they just say vagina on the on the radio? Can they say that? Like, it... so 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 for me, I just want people to be a little mindful of what are we really giving our youth and our babies? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I'm no stranger to it. UTFO, we made a lot of questionable records. That got a lot of trouble listening to UTFO records. We had potty mouth. I might even lie. For my UTFO fans out there, y'all know what I'm talking about. We're one of the early groups that started challenging freedom, freedom of speech. Right. We said right. a lot. Of Y'all was that guy that I mean. <laughs> yeah. We, so, but, but it is 10 times on another level. Oh, yeah. Still had a little bit of shame or, you know, right now there's no shame in what people do. They just do whatever they feel and expect no consequences. Facts. Facts. At the end of the day, consequence is. What are we giving our youth to carry into the future? Right. You know what I'm saying? What are we really giving them to work with? What are we really showing them? You know what I mean? So that, for me, I like to see a little more balance, 
You can have your fun record, mm-hmm. do the ratchet stuff, you can do the drop it like it's hot stuff, but I think there need to be a little stuff substance um in those artists as well mm-hmm. to show that other versatility in them. Yeah. Don't be afraid to balance that. Okay. I think a lot of groups are afraid to, you know, a lot of a lot of what you want to call hardcore trap artists, they just want to stick to the theme. Mm-hmm. Yo, you got 15 records on it. Three of them could be extremely positive. It's okay. It's all right. right. Because those positive records might reach somebody in your the family. The B side. Yeah. The B side. There you go. So just for me personally, that's just me. I like to see a little more balance in the game. We had that. You know, when I was when we was coming up, we had brand new game, we had public enemy, mm. we had four righteous teachers, we had KRS One. Mm. You know, Rock Him dropped jewels, Big Daddy Kane dropped jewels. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? We all dropped jewels. LL dropped jewels, mm, even though they did. They had running into we we dropped jewels, even yeah. though we had that stuff with it. We still dropped jewels in the realm of balance. Yeah. Not a lot of balance now. Yeah. So for me, I like to see a little bit more of that from our hip hop artists because I think that can go a long way with our youth. For sure. You know what I mean? For yeah. sure. Um, and shout out to Popcorn World. Sorry to um <clears throat> interrupt you. He said he wanted to send you some popcorn. It's gourmet popcorn. It's amazing. So if you do like popcorn, hey. I'm gonna send it, man. When I tell you. All right. Uh, uh, if you're still listening, just uh hit me in the DM and um. I follow. I follow up. I, I, I'm a little behind in my DMs, but I'm gonna make sure I, I, I look for this one and tap in with me, and uh, maybe we can network and do some do something together. I like to see what you're working with. That's cool. Man, he got some jerk chicken popcorn. That is out of your jerk mind. chicken popcorn. Jerk jerk, jerk chicken wow. popcorn. He That's has correct. over. He has 480 fl- flavors. Of popcorn, wow. like I never heard, but that's that was a commercial. That was a commercial in itself, but yeah, he, it's amazing. I've had it before, and I'm a fan. So, and I've had him on the show. So, <clears throat> it's only right to connect people that are are you know that are important and and that have been on the show because that's what I like to do is connect. And um, yeah. speaking of um, connecting, we're going to get to these uh, top five, which is. Uh, a, a thing that I like to do with five questions, five answers. And I also put something else in here that I wanted to, I wanted you to clear up because um, I, I hear a lot of, if it wasn't for the DJ blank wouldn't exist. So I just want to, <laughs> I just want to ask you that one question when I get to it and then I'm going to do the top five and then we're going to do the um, exclusive, access. exclusive access. So if you have anything exclusive that you want to tell our friends, because we're friends now and we've been friends, but <laughs> you can do that then. And we're going to do the shout out, social media, last words. And the last but not least is the question of the day. So let's get to the top five. So um, top five influential people in your life. Top block five influential people in my life. Um, of course, family, mm-hmm. um, my mom, mm-hmm. dad. Mm-hmm. Um, influential people in my life. Um, spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I heard Jeffrey coming on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that's a hard one because there's so many people that that, that I'm influenced by mm-hmm. and motivated by. Mm-hmm. Um, just so so many, man. It's uh, fine if you if you you can skip this question because I have others. So because right. <laughs> I, I you know what I mean I don't want to yeah you make you do anything you don't want to yeah. so <laughs> so um top five um tour stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's uh, appropriate. Uh, yeah. You can get any kind of way on this show. It's an open top, plan. <laughs> top five. Top five. Uh, <laughs> touring stories. Touring stories. Yes. Oh my. So God. and then another question: Were you wearing the shirt like that out in public? Like, was you rocking the shirt, open shirt with the with the chest <laughs> out? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. Uh oh. Oh, I gotta listen. Yes, top, top five. Top five. Or, if, or one oh. good one. If you got one good one, that'd be good for All me right. too. All right. Let's see. One good one mm-hmm. is um <laughs> Okay, here's here's this one. So we, we, we in Hawaii. I wanna say this might have been maybe eighty seven. Mm-hmm. We in Hawaii and we all got separate rooms. They like sweet. So we was out there for like a week. It was UTFO, Lisa Lisa, Full Force, and we were performing with the Jets. Anybody that remember the, the group the Jets? Um, we was out there doing like a week tour with the Jets out in uh in um, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my room. I got turntables in the room. I'm in there practicing. So when you got headphones on, you in your own world. Facts. You don't know. And I, I'm in my room by myself. So I got my headphones on. I'm DJing. And where I'm DJing is next to the terrace. So we have a terrace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm DJing in my own world, doing my little tricks, cutting between them, my legs, my back, just, you know, practicing, staying sharp. So then when we do our show, you know, I'm going to nail my routine. Right. <laughs> I'm in the room just having fun. And Dr. Ice taps me on my shoulder and yells something out. Boom! Or whatever he said. And it scares the lights out of me. First of all, how'd you get in my room? How did somebody touch me? So, it killed him. It killed him. So, you want to know how he got in my room? How? He climbed over his terrace Onto my terrace, but I had to carry something. He climbed over, he could have fell and killed himself. He climbed over the terrace like a Spider Man, came in my room, scared the lights out of me. That's just one story that I'll never forget. Oh my god. Yeah, my partner, Dr. Ice, he did that. What? Yeah, he, uh, that's just one story. I can name so many stories, man, but that's just one that just stuck into my head. Right, right. right. uh, happened on the road. <laughs> okay, so um top five DJ sets. Top five DJ sets? Mm-hmm. What, what you mean? Like, like um when you perform like like I was speaking about the sets that you perform, anything that you are consistent with or anything that you uh your go to's I guess. What are your go to's? Okay. Um, there's a lot, but some of my favorite records that I love to cut up Providing that I'm in the proper environment for it, mm-hmm. um, I love to cut up 
uh, Pump Me Up by the Go Go Band, uh, Trouble Funk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that record. Um, I love to cut up uh, Run DMC's Peter Piper. Mm-hmm. Favorite. I love to cut up um, uh, It's Time by Al Nasheed. The record's called Al Nasheed. Okay. But um, I love to cut that record up. Most DJs know it as It's Time. Uh, I love to cut that up. Um, I love to cut up almost everything from James Brown. <laughs> um, funky Drummer, love cutting that up. And um, Make It Funky by James Brown. That's another favorite record that I love to cut. Those just off the top of my head, but there's so many, many, many. I love to cut. Of course. Okay, so last top five is top five moments in your career. Top five moments in my career. Um, Uh. Top five moments in my career. One one big moment for me was hearing Roxanne Roxanne on the radio mm-hmm. for the first time. Mm-hmm. I used to be a bike messenger um, in New York. So I was uh, dropping off, delivering packages. That's what I was doing at the time. And I remember being at the job waiting on, you know, my notice for my next delivery to, right. to come in to take it. And that record getting played on the radio. And I'm telling everybody in there, yo, that's me. <laughs> but they're not believing it's my record. They just think I'm thinking that I'm saying that's one of my favorite records. Right, right. Oh, that's not my jam. That's I made that record. Get out of here. You I, had I, a five Harvey's moment? Yeah, you had a yeah. five. <gasps> prior, prior, so about maybe a week later, that record took off so big I had to quit. I couldn't work that job. <laughs> So now when I come back in on my ex, on my day of quitting, I'm wearing a, we got UTFO jacket. Oh, shit. You were yeah. stunting over. So, yeah. So I, I, now, but y'all didn't believe me, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What you think this is, you know? So um, uh, that, was, that was a big moment. That's amazing. So, you know, it's one thing to be involved with something, but when you hear the initial success of it, mm. Electrifying. Of course. Um, that was a top five moment in my career. Another top five moment in my career was when I first touched the turntable, turntable and a mixer. Mm. Um, I used to go to John Dewey High School at the time, which was my first high school. I graduated from Wingate High School, but my first high school was John Dewey um, in Brooklyn, New York. And Make a long story short, there was a group of guys that hung out and they would have these DJ cycles. And what a DJ cycle was, was they would have a setup in the middle of the room and the DJs would walk around the set doing whatever they, you know, take a turn. Right. So I'm invited to the DJ cycle because they think I know how to DJ, but I don't. (laughs) At that time, I'm just still writing rhymes. Gotcha. I'm not a DJ yet. I think I had one turntable. I, I was starting to get into DJ, but I'm not a DJ yet. Right. Anyway, to hang out with them, you had to be a DJ. So <laughs> they thought I was a DJ, but I wasn't. I lied. Just so I could hang out with these guys. Right. So when it was my turn to get to, in the cyphers, five men, I'm the fifth. 
I'm literally trying to learn it on site what they're doing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm last in line. So everybody's cutting up a record called um, Bounce Rock State. And on the Bounce Rock State record, there's a part that goes, get down. And then the groove comes in and everybody rocks to that groove. Right. So they're cutting that up and they're backspinning that. Get down, boom, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Get down. You know, anyway, so they're, Get down, then it's back a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Get down, do that again. Get down, then you move. The next guy go on. So when it's my turn, <laughs> I failed. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm trying to. This is my first time doing it. And um, what what could have turned into a very bad experience right. turns into a life changing moment in my life. Mm. One of the guys, he seen that I was a little upset because I. I, I was, everybody else killed it. I stumbled tremendously. Right. So one of the guys said, hey, man, come here. Let me show you. Let me show you, man. It's all right. It's all right. Let me show you what you do. And he showed me. He just, you know, I still don't know what to do, but he showed me, you know, took my hand. This is where you hold the record. You follow this mark right here. This is how many times you spin it back. And that initial touch of those turntables is what started my journey. I knew that day leaving that cycle, I was going to be a DJ. Mm. I knew it. And I was going to do anything possible to get a set by any means necessary. Mm. This getting of how you start getting yourself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get equipment. You got to buy records. You got to right. have meetings. Where's this money coming from? I'm 14 years old. My parents don't even understand what this thing is. They ain't giving me no, no money for this. Facts. You got to get money. Right. <laughs> I was determined to get a set. By any means necessary. Right. So, um, that was a, a life changing moment for me because that's where that all started. Yeah. Me wanting to be a DJ and go aggressively and develop the passion for it. Right. That could have went all bad, and I'd have been like, ah, oh, I never want to try that. I made a mm. fool of myself. They didn't let me make a fool of myself. Yeah. They saved me. Yeah. Took me under their wing and showed me a couple of things. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. Restless history. Now I'm gonna get a set. And I'm gonna start practicing. It's all about the practice and the effort you put into your passion. Right. And I was very passionate about it, and all I wanted to do was practice. Right. So being prepared when it was time to go into the studio and it's the lights are on, it's time to perform. You got to be prepared. Right. You get one shot. I was prepared at my first shot. Mm. Thank God. You mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. Well prepared. Well practiced. The passion was running through me. And put into the proper setting, I was able to execute and display. Yeah. But because I was ready, had I not been ready, they would have been like, nah, that's right. That's hey, who, who brought this Thanks guy? Who brought this guy? <laughs> Don't go a different route. Don't go a different route. <laughs> you, you tried. You tried. Right. That ain't that ain't that ain't it. It's just one blessing after another. Somebody helped yeah. you, and then you ended up at the right place at the right time, and you're here now. And that's all that really, really matters. Do you have three more? If not, then we can we can push forward to the exclusive access. Uh, I mean, it's just so many. But you know, <laughs> when you speak of life changing moments, um, yeah. just, just so. 
you know, you know, the DMC Hall of Fame induction, yep. induction was, was big because you're being recognized, mm-hmm. at, you know, with the world class technique DMC where all the DJs want to be crowned. Right. You know, that's Grammy of DMC, the Grammy of DJ at that particular Specifically time. Specifically so for DJs. Big, big acknowledged for your work. Right. You know, um, you be considered a legend. Mm. Mm-hmm. Getting your flowers, you know, that you know that that meant a lot because, um, you know, I was one of those DJs that did take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly known for for scratches and and um, the tricks that I would do on stage. Right. You know, I was one of the DJs that were that would display solo sets. Mm-hmm. So you got you know in UTFO show, you, there would be a time where we're focusing on the break dancing. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a time when we're focusing on our classic. Mm-hmm. There's a time when we're freestyling. There's a time when we're beatboxing. Right. There's a time that DJ gonna get behind them turntables and rip it down. Right. So I was one there of those was a moment DJs. for each person and each thing that you yes. individually did, as well as when y'all came back to that group aspect. Yes. Wow. So I was known. I was known for having solid DJ routine right. when it was time for my solo. You were already was, ready. Yeah. Most of the stuff I'm doing is stuff I've already been practicing for the last four years. Yeah. Rock Band Rock Band was in 84. I started DJing in 1980. Mm. By 84, I am almost being considered a master. <laughs> I'm feeling like a, I'm still a newborn at this thing. But when you change the game, mm-hmm. when you do something that changes the game, and you leave a mark mm. for the dead game, you know, people are inspired by that yeah. and they want to follow in your footsteps. For sure. Same way I was inspired by the legends before me, I inspired a generation and still do of yeah. DJs. You know, and I don't take that for granted. Not not that. and not just DJs, entertainers, uh yeah. just um just people that Absolutely. consume music people that consume entertainment anybody that knows about the the culture like if once they google what the culture is your name is gonna pop up y'all's name will pop up as one of the um prominent aspects in the culture and that's dope Mm. thank you appreciate that i appreciate that as well um and um let's get to the Exclusive, exclusive access. access. Do you have anything exclusive for us besides being a legend? Do you have anything <laughs> <laughs> that you um, want to tell the folks? Well, right now, I'm, I'm currently in development of restructuring my website, okay. which will be mixmasterice.com. Unfortunately, it's not ready to display right now. All the back, the background stuff is being added in and the layers and how it's going to be. So anyway, my, I'm, I'm, I'm restructuring mixmasterice.com. I got some great things going to be going on with that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm dipping and dabbing in the studio with some production. Um, I've been in the lab a little bit and, um, you know, just tapping back in with that. And and what I'm really focused on right now is, well, let me say this also. Last year was my 40th DJ. It year. was. Shout out to you for that. And unfortunate, unfortunately for me, because of COVID, mm. I never that 40th anniversary tour. Okay. And early in that year, by the end of March, I had already had 22 bookings, nation, 
national and overseas bookings. This is by March. Already had solid festivals, concerts, and different settings that I was supposed to have my 20th, my 40th anniversary right. Um, right. A showcase at an anniversary party. So anyway, all of that got canceled because of COVID. We're still dealing with COVID to a degree. Yeah. So um, that happened. So I didn't get a chance to do the 40th. This year is my 41st. And, um, you know, blessed, blessed to still be here, still do what I do. Like I always say, if you do something you love, it don't feel like work. Mm-hmm. So I still love the aspect of DJ and entertaining. We, we, we say lives. Yeah. DJ bring joy to people. I recognize that. You know what I'm saying? We break records. I recognize that. And, um, you know, being involved in the game that long, that with that longevity, like I said earlier, I'm still a student to the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, um, so it's a, it's a lot of cool stuff that I'm going to do with my website with that. Um, of course, merch, you know, merch, mm-hmm. that, that's in development as well. But one thing that, that's dear to my heart that I've been tapping into real much lately is my mid, midweek motivation and ground mentoring and being a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. That is something that um that is in development. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, if they follow me, they know, but if they have been unaware of that, that's something that Nick Nassite is 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 gonna break grounds on. Mm-hmm. And you know, with with blessings from the good Lord, I'll be able to tap and reach a lot of people and help motivate people in whatever aspect that they may need motivation in. Mm-hmm. I, I wanna go that's yeah. amazing. That is amazing. Shout out to you for even giving back to your community. Because <clears throat> that's an, <clears throat> another thing that some of the artists lack of. And there is um one last thing that we are missing, which is artist development. They don't really do that too much anymore. So yeah, yeah. we just got to, yeah. like you said, just keep pushing and keep pounding um inspiration into the youth, into the culture, into what I like to call entertainment and just keep being you because you are dope and you've always been dope. Doper than a, what is it? What I forgot what that saying is, but it's one of them things. <laughs> appreciate that no problem um well go ahead and give your shout outs your social media and whatever you would like to leave with our guest and then i have one final question for you and we're gonna get up out of here all right um uh definitely instagram at nick mass i I still have twitter i don't be on it that often but my twitter is at nick mass i i'm currently not on facebook facebook uh did me dirty. They wanted me to change my name and add my real name to my name. I didn't want to do it. After about a year of them sending me notifications, they finally deleted my account. But I haven't been on Facebook in about two years. Okay. I'm I'm still debating if I'm going to start a new page or not. But as of right now, my Facebook page is down, and I can't even get into my fan page. Oh. I can't log because you have without a main page, you don't have access to the fan page. So I'm not on Facebook. Whatever imprint is still out there, I'm not in any any control of my face. Okay. They deleted my account to the best of my knowledge. I'm on Instagram. Please follow me at McMaster and Twitter. Website will be in development. Hopefully within the next 30 days, that will be up and running and operating. I'm looking looking very much forward to that, to building my website community with people. Um, and uh, you know, you know, for, for promoters out there. 
that's interested in booking me, just reach out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and 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 as far as motivational speaking to the youth, uh, music consulting, industry consulting, or just motivation as well, reach out to me. That that is something that's dear to me that I'm entrenched in right now is just motivational speaking thing. That's very dear to me. You know what I'm saying? So I want to become a legend of that hopefully one day as well. For sure. There's no hopefully about it. it you will. Yeah. <laughs> so last but not least is the question of the day in which is uh, what bothers you about the industry and what will be your solution to fixing it or helping get it together? Um, what bothers me about the industry? I would say I would say our our lack of of education and balance. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, those that control the media mm-hmm. control the narrative. So um, when it comes to radio and some of the big conglomerates and entities that push the envelope of making stars who they are. Some of them have agendas, and not all those agendas are positive ones for us. When I say us, I'm talking about people of color that created almost everything in existence. Um, I'll just speak specifically to hip-hop. That's our baby. That's our culture that came out the mud. Out the mud. We, that was created out of the soil in New York to what it is to this day. So I accept the good and the bad that come with it. Um, but for me, a little more balance in the game because we're having way too much fun. Hip hop, hip, I'm speaking for hip hop. We're having way too much fun. Salute to those that are, that are able to feed their families. Salute to those that are making careers of this. But we do have to start taking some accountability for what we are saying and what we are showing our babies. Those are our futures. Mm-hmm. And our future is going to be as great as what we hand them to move on with. And I want people to be a little bit more mindful of that. It's okay to have fun, but you got to have that balance as well. All they're seeing is the fun. All they're seeing is the rapping. And they're following because they think that's it. Yeah. For them, that's the culture. For them, nothing else matters. They're successful at it, so it's working. Right. They don't want to hear nothing else because that's all they see and know. we got to start putting other images, and they, may, they need to start hearing other situations other than all the fun that hip-hop is having. We need a little bit more balance. For me, for me, I like to see a little bit more balance and a little more education where the youth understands where this thing came from, how it came out the mud. Some of them don't understand that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If their legend should be my legend. They should, their legendary trail should go all the way back to the beginning. Not just when they first started listening to it. Because the wheel didn't start then. Mm. Find out who inspired the people that you first heard. Trust and believe. There's a long line before them. Okay. And if you if you follow correctly in its historical perspective, you'll go all the way back to the beginning and appreciate it 
so much more. Mm. Wow. Y'all heard it here today on So Hollywood Podcast. Oh my goodness. I am thankful. Once again, thank you for joining me on So Hollywood Podcast. Legendary. I'm going to call you legendary because you are. You're definitely yeah. legendary. DJ Mix Master Ice. And I'm your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me Miss Hollywood. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, M-I-S-S Hollywood 313. Um, don't forget to follow the podcast page, So Hollywood the Podcast. Um, and if you're looking to book me or book this um, uh, interview with me, go to www.allofhollywood.biz. And, um, oh, last but not least, I do have one more thing. Um, if it wasn't for the DJ... Blank wouldn't have been created. If it wasn't for the DJ, 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 hip hop culture mm. would not have, would not have uh, manifested. Because it starts with the DJ. It starts with the music. Start. It starts. That is the foundation. You cannot. You can't dance. You gotta have. You gotta have music. Right. Yeah. Um, it's all. It's, it's, uh, that is the foundation. Mm. So definitely for hip hop for sure. It starts there with the DJ. You know. Salute to all the pioneers and legendary DJs and the new and up and coming ones. The party starts with the DJ and it's going to end with the DJ. We are powerful, and we have created and gave a lot to this culture, hip-hop, and all the other cultures. We break the record. You know what I mean? And, and you got DJs now that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, and then you because of what they do yeah. from a DJ perspective. But it starts with us, it ends with us. We are the party. We are the entertainment. And hip-hop in general came out of the birth of what the DJs were doing. Mm. All, them elements, all them elements come around the music. The music is coming from the DJ. You can't sing unless you got music. You can't rap unless you got music. So it's about that music, and that starts from the DJ, the mm. hands of the DJ, the radio DJ. You know what I'm saying? Now the video DJ. You know, all the way back to the DJs at the block party, the DJs in the projects, yeah. getting it out the mud. DJ, yes, indeed. The birth of hip hop. Y'all heard Luke it here first. The creator, one of the creators of Roxanne. Roxanne, we have DJ Mix Master. I thank you so much. Thank you. All right, have a good day. Love you too. Peace.
is just a figure. Species is just an apple, a pear, a plum, and a peach. I thought I had it in the palm of my hand. But man, oh man, if I was grand, I'd bang Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne. Can't you understand? Roxanne, Roxanne. I wanna be your man. Yo, Kango, I don't think that you're dense, but you went about the matter with no experience. You should know. She doesn't need a guy like you. She needs a guy like me with a high IQ. And she'll take to my rap, cause my rap's the best. The educator back at MD will never fess. So when I met her, I wasted no time. But stuck up Roxanne, pay me no mind. She thought my name was Barry. I told her it was Gary. She said she didn't like it, so she told to call me Barry. She said she loved to marry. My baby, she would carry. And if he had a baby, his name's the baby Harry. Her mother's name is Mary, which is really quite contrary. Her face is very hairy, and you can say he's scary. She doesn't not every. Our father's a fairy. His boss is secretary, and son's a military. To force him to a list against him wasn't voluntary. His daughter's name is Sherry. His son's a Tom Jerry. Jerry had the food, but it was only temporary. Back in January, or was in February. But every time I say this, Friday, and if you kind of wary, it's only customary to give this commentary. Some say it's bad, some say it's legendary. You're searching all you want to try your local library. You never find a rhyme that in any dictionary. But do you know, after all that, all I received was a pat on my back. That's what you get. It happened to me. Ain't that right, Mixed Master ICE? <laughs> You had a rope, you thought you was stupid. But EMD, your rap was plain stupid. I know you're educated, but what will you learn? Not all girls want to be involved with bookworms. You gotta be strong, which you can't resist. So, educated rapper, huh? Bust this. To be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, just email So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast and MISS Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgame.com.